Hello. Hi, this is Trent, and this is uh, No Walls Worship. You are part of No Walls Worship. I am part of No Walls Worship, and guess what? Tomorrow is the Super Bowl. Yes. And we're going to watch football, and we're going to eat guacamole and things that have bacon in it. It's going to be amazing. And I am rooting for, drumroll, the New England Patriots. I think the New England Patriots are going to win by seven points. That's my prediction. You can go ahead and like the Los Angeles Rams if you like. Uh, that doesn't make sense to me. Uh, I don't know that you have a good reason for liking the Los Angeles Rams other than you don't want the New England Patriots to win. But I kind of like when teams are really good over long stretches of time. I, I like dynasties. I like the history of it. I I think that's cool. I also root for and really enjoy the Golden State Warriors. I know you get your panties in a bunch about the contracts and people ganging up, and but they play great basketball, and it's fun to watch. Uh, Steph Curry's amazing. Kevin Durant's amazing. But the Super Bowl, Tom Brady is 41 years old. Don't you want to root for a 41-year-old playing against 20-year-olds? Don't you want that guy to win the Super Bowl? That's my argument. Anyway, uh, so it is February 2nd. It is a Saturday, and that means that tomorrow is February 3rd, which is a Sunday, and it's the first Sunday of the month, which means we're doing no walls over at Crystal Creek Distillery. And uh, things are going really good over there. I, I don't know if you've been around. Uh, if you haven't, you should. Um, and if you haven't, you shouldn't just come. You should go, gosh, who do I know that... I wouldn't bring to church necessarily. Maybe they're not part of my church family, but I think we could hang out at a distillery and listen to some cool music and some words and then have some moonshine. I, I, uh, you should do that. Uh, come. But uh, So that means first of the first Sunday of the month, uh, that's February 3rd, then February 17th is the third Sunday of the month. And yeah. So we're doing our thing, and somewhere around the corner, I mean, before you know it, because Ash Wednesday is this Wednesday, uh, that means Easter is close, and that means crawfish. We're going to do our crawfish boil on Easter Eve again, and uh, details still need to get worked out, but it will happen, and it'll be great. Uh, so we'll talk more about that later. All right, uh, I think I'm just going to get into it. The title of the message this week, or this No Walls, is... Standing next to fire. Standing next to fire. All right, let's go. I I hadn't intended to keep working through Luke chapter twelve. It's uh, if you've been to the first two No Walls of two thousand nineteen, you might remember. You probably don't remember that I've been camped in Luke twelve. And it wasn't my intention to do a series. I, I'm never really more than a week ahead. Um, but the the words have been really good, and it's been motivating me and inspiring me and, and pulling me in. And so I've stayed here in Luke 12. Uh, and that's what I'm going to do again. Uh, he, here's, here's a nickel worth of recap of where you've been. Uh, Luke 12, there's this stretch of Jesus' teaching uh, he's kind of popping back and forth between talking to his inner circle, teaching his inner circle, and then turning and teaching a crowd. There's these little passages where it says, 
he he turned to his disciples and he turned to the crowd and they turned back to the disciples and he turned back to the crowd and um anyway in that, in that very first part of Luke 12 there's this main thread of teaching about worry and fear Jesus is teaching about worry and fear and in the essence of it is Jesus is saying don't <laughs> right uh, don't worry about death don't worry about trivial things in life and most of all don't worry about God he says your father who is the king and so there's an implication there your father the king you are whether you have accepted your inheritance or not whether you believe you deserve it or not you are a son you are a daughter of the king and your father is pleased to give you the kingdom then there's this exchange where Jesus paints a picture of a benevolent master, a God who serves his servants. He turns the whole thing on its head and says that when the servants are waiting up for him, he comes in and he serves them. He's the best master ever. And then there is this, this little stretch of words that I'm going to talk on today. And I just kind of want to hit you with it right up front and then we'll work 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 it out um this is jesus speaking to his inner circle of followers and it's luke 12 the verses are 49 through 53 all right uh luke 12 49 jesus says i came to set the earth on fire and how i wish it were already kindled Another translation says, I wish it were already burning. Uh, it says, I have a baptism to receive and how distressed I am until it is over. Do you suppose that I came to bring peace to the world? No, I didn't come to bring peace. I came to bring division. From now on, a family of five will be divided, three against two and two against three. 53 says, fathers will be against their sons and sons will be against their fathers. Mothers will be against their daughters and daughters against their mothers. Mothers-in-law will be against their daughters-in-law and daughters-in-law against their mothers-in-law. Wow. Here's the thing. I'm a little afraid of this talk. Uh, not not a lot afraid, but a little afraid. A smidge, a dollop of afraid. I I feel that the theme of this talk is a little outside the lane that I usually drive in. If you've been around, you've you've heard me say this before. I I believe my calling on at No Walls, my mission is to be an encouragement. You know, just that. And John talks about his mission too. Is his mission is to create neutral spaces. And he says one of the ways he does that is by playing songs that you know and that you can sing along with because he believes that that's one powerful way of breaking down walls and helps bring people together. And you know, I love that. And he says it way better than I do. So I'll have to have him do that. But, but for me, I, I believe my mission is to be an encouragement. You have enough things in your life Maybe your job, maybe your bills, maybe your health, maybe your social media, maybe your own thoughts in your head. 
that can be discouraging. And I feel like that if, if you were to walk out of a, a message or, or at no walls, or if you were to turn off the podcast and, and you were to feel just a little more encouraged than when you first walked in or when you first sat down, then I've done my job. I've served well and God moved well in that space. And, and every once in a while, I bump up against passages like these in the Bible or, or these themes that um, I want to talk to, but they feel more chastising. And, and that's a weird word, challenging. They feel more challenging. And, and y'all, these words particularly feel more like a kick in the butt than they do a back rub. <laughs> but I said I'm a little afraid. Here's where I'm not afraid. I bet sometimes in your life you've needed a kick in the butt more than you've needed a back rub. And I bet some of your kicks in the butt have been better than any back rub you've ever had. So I want to read this again. I want to read this passage again. But this time I want to read it like this. Uh, and, and this is this is a weird way to set this up, but let me set this up. Uh, one summer, Mitzi and I and the kids, we went to Costa Rica for vacation. It was fantastic. And, and, and we took an excursion uh, to go skip zip lining. We'd heard the zip lining in Costa Rica was amazing. And, it, and y'all, it was. It, it's kind of ruined zip lining forever. Uh, we were up on a mountain. There were these long, long runs of zip line. And you'd You'd be on the line and you'd break through a bank of trees and be a thousand feet above the ground and you'd be looking out over an expansive valley between the mountains and it was just incredible. And uh, little Ella, I think she was four or maybe five at the time. She was really little. She couldn't zip line on her own. So they had to hook her up in a little harness attached to one of the guides. And, and she was doing great. I don't think she said a word the entire time. But I also don't think she looked up once. I think she was just sort of zoned into, I am hooked up to this dude. We are doing the zips. It's Anyway. And then we got to this part called the Tarzan swing. And y'all, it's exactly what you're picturing it is a rope swing from the side of the mountain. And there was a steel platform up top and a landing down below. But right beyond the landing, out where the swingy part was, <laughs> beyond the landing was just open, uh, bottomless jungle. I, you couldn't see the bottom of where it would fall to. And this is where we were going to swing out on. And the guide said, well... Ella can't pair up with us on this part, so you've got to make a choice. She either has to Tarzan swing or on her own, four, five-year-old, or walk down the stairs to the landing below. And without hesitation, she's all in. She swings. She goes first of all the people in line. And all the people behind us are freaking out. They don't want her to go. They don't They don't want to go because they're looking down over this edge. But Ella, she just gets strapped in. She steps up to the edge and she 
jumps off, <laughs> no hesitation. And we went down and we were watching from below as she swang, as she swung, as she swinged. As she swung, swing, swang, swung. And she didn't scream. Uh, she didn't laugh. She didn't smile. Just stone cold. Um, and when we, we got her down off of the rope, I said to her, did you like that? And she just flatly and calmly said, yes. <laughs> I said, do you want to do it again? And she goes, yes. Now, now, was Ella brave? Was she courageous? I, I, I don't know. I don't know if you could call it that. She could have been thinking, this is going to be terrifying, or she could have been thinking, this is going to be amazing. But I really don't think she thought either of those things. I think she just trusted us. She was so little that I don't know that she really had a choice other than to trust that we wouldn't put her in a bad situation. She just trusted subconsciously because we were the ones to this point that had fed her, clothed her, kept her alive. She trusted that it would be okay, that it would be good. And y'all, I know that's weird, but that's the way I want us to read this verse again. This is verse 49 again. This is Jesus saying, I came to set the earth on fire and how I wish it were already burning. You see, what Jesus had been up to was speaking truth to power. He saw a man that had sores all over his body. And when the man approached Jesus and said, how can I be healed? He said, go wash yourself in the spring. When he saw the crazy naked man in the cemetery, he said, you have this trauma from your past that is tormenting you. You have to be free of that before you can ever get out of this graveyard. He saw the religious leaders of the time and he said, there is no law to follow that will earn you favor with the God of the universe. And y'all, the truth was not always well received, but he was speaking the truth. And y'all, I think we know this is true, that truth, and I'm talking capital T truth, is always good even if there's a risk of burning things down. I came to set the earth on fire and how I wish it were already burning. I went to, um, I went to a church conference thing. Uh, it's a couple weeks ago, something. Um, and, and there was this guy there who has started this movement across the country called Dinner Church. And, and in short, it, it reimagines the whole worship experience as just like, what, what if we just dropped all the unessential stuff? What if we dropped the hymns and the hymnals and the, what if we just shared a meal together, <laughs> right? What if we provided a meal for the community and that was our worship experience? But as he told his story about how he started this whole movement, he, he talked about being the head pastor 
of this church that was dying. They were losing membership slowly, losing money slowly, and it wasn't looking good. And he told the story of the Sunday that he stood up in front of his congregation and said, I'm not going to preach a sermon today. What I'm going to do instead is I want to tell you the truth about our situation. And then he went on to give them two dates. The first date he, he gave was a day he calculated that they would no longer be able to pay the mortgage and they would be forced to move out of the city. And the second date he calculated at their current trends that there would be zero members left. And he said he was terrified, terrified to deliver the truth. But it was in that truth that something new was born. Y'all, there was this early Christian writer named Ignatius. I mean, early, early. He lived around the time of Christ. The, The tall tale, the legend around him is that he was one of the small children that Jesus held up in the in front of the crowd and blessed as he said, you must be like a little child. But he, he was a writer. He wrote letters about his faith and in none of his letters, even though we have them preserved, made it into the Bible. He, he'd write some beautiful stuff. But he was kind of a sloppy writer. He'd, he'd write stream of consciousness without a lot of punctuation and run on sentences, kind of the stream of consciousness. Uh, and, and poorly organized. I kind of like this guy. And one thing he wrote was this, and I think this is beautiful. He said, to stand next to Christ is to stand next to fire. And I'm interpreting this whole thing as to stand next to Christ is to stand next to truth. God isn't scary, but maybe all this feels a little scary. Standing next to the fire of this kind of deep truth is, well, maybe a better word is powerful. Fire can burn, but fire also warms. Fire sustains life. Fire refines. Fire softens steel and makes it moldable. Fire takes blank forms and molds them into useful tools. Fire breaks things down to its core elements. When a forest burns, the trees are not gone. The essence of the trees are returned to the earth. Core elements enrich the soil and are the seeds of new life. (laughs) May we all take ourselves before the fire. May we be renewed by fire. Because here's what I would bet. The best things in your life have come because, you, because you've encountered or had the courage to stand next to the fire. All right. This was fun. Thanks.